Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 389 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week. I don't have anything witty to say, any kind of witty nickname or anything here. I just, I whiffed on that, so I'm just going to, I'm going to call you Chris Garber. That's me. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Well, good. All right, so let's uh, let's break down what's happened since the last time the podcast was sent out into uh, earbuds around the world. Um, well, the Reds have done okay, I guess. They took two out of three against uh, Philadelphia as we talk, uh, in that big weekend series at Philadelphia, and and so that meant that they had gone three and three against the the Braves and the Phillies on the road, which is not bad. And so they come home and promptly uh, lose two out of three to a Chicago Cubs team who had lost 11 in a row coming into the series. So uh, that's what this team is, though, right? I mean, you know, uh, they've been a, it's been a roller coaster most of the year. It's been on an upswing recently, but, you know, I mean, yes, the schedule's easier. But you win gotta, some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got to take care of business, and they those are games they don't need to be losing, right? No, they don't. I mean, that Cubs team is really, really bad. But, uh, you know, I mean, baseball's – nobody wins them all in baseball. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that Cubs team is really bad. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to win two out of three. You know, as, yeah. You're not going to sweep because it's baseball, right? But that would, it's a bad time to lose two out of three because they are. And it's fun to say that they're bad because, uh, you know, they're the Cubs and we hate the Cubs. But, um, yeah, they're not good. So – Playing the Marlins first of a four-game series tonight as we record. The Reds are leading at press time, 4-1. to one. We'll see what happens in that game. Um, all right, this week. Uh, and, and before we get into that, the current state of the standings, Cincinnati is second place still in the National League Central, nine and a half games out uh, behind uh, Milwaukee. In the wild card, the Reds are, looks like they're uh, actually – Behind the Braves now in the wild card race, they're in a game That's and a wild, man. yeah, they're a game and a half behind San Diego, but Atlanta is just a game behind San Diego for that final wild card spot. So still, still in the mix. I was led to believe that that the Reds would not that no other teams would try to improve, and the Reds would either catch the Padres or they wouldn't, but no other teams would interfere in this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought every, everyone was just waiting for the Reds to get healthy and they're going to let them go about their business. I guess um, we had a. Uh, a viewer mail question that I want, if I can find it now, um, that I think is a good it's a good time to go ahead and answer this question because I've thought about it uh, a good bit this week. Where is that question? Uh, here we go. It comes from Joey Gaditza. Again, these, uh, our, all of our viewer mail questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Joey's question is this. Good day, gentlemen. Is it wild card or bust at this point? Yes. Next. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. <laughs> Yeah, they've got no chance of catching the Brewers. No, no real chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy, crazy things have happened. Certainly, you know. But uh, I really don't. Uh, I, I don't see him picking up nine and a half games against the Brewers team that just isn't slowing down at all. So, um, Wild Carter bust. Uh, we're going to go play in uh, in Los Angeles. Is uh, my prediction. The Reds are going to get that second spot, and they're going to play the Dodgers at a. Uh... And they'll probably play that game at about 11.30 a.m. L.A. time. Oh, yeah, Just probably. Because, yeah. you know, they do stupid things. They do stupid things. 
Ooh, uh, so Castillo gets throughout gets through the seventh. One run allowed through seven innings. Not bad. Well, how many pitches does he have? It might be bullpen time. It might. Looks like they're applauding him as he goes off the field. He's High up fives. Yeah, he's, alert. <laughs> he's batting second this uh, in, in the uh, the bottom half. All right, all right. Um, let's see how many pitches. It's, it ain't Hembry time anymore. <laughs> Ninety nine pitches. This is not. It is not Hembry time. So, and we'll talk about that because we got a lot of things to discuss that all okay. center around Nick Crawl. <laughs> you want to talk about Nick Crawl? I want to talk about Nick Crawl, and I think <laughs> I think we might need to talk about Rob Butcher as well. Do we now? Well, I, I don't know that he's doing Nick Crawl any favors. He, in terms of letting uh, Nick Crawl speak to the media, correct? Yeah, he needs to. Crawl needs to not talk to the media. He, yeah, or or learn to say, or learn how to say nothing, or learn how to say what he wants to say differently. Yeah, Dick Williams was frustrating because we knew he was just kind of you know he was saying nothing. A lot of nothing. And it was GM speak is what we called it. But you kind of understand. That's what they got have to do. Crawl uh, doesn't have that. He can't flip that switch, evidently. He just says dumb things. <laughs> he really does. You want to go through some of them? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I was thinking today the Reds could hire one of us. I guarantee And we could come up with better ways to say nothing than what he does. And just let him stay stay behind. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so we'll start with um, Nick Senzel was reported by Nick Crawl to be uh, fully healthy. That's going to be a long saga we're going to discuss tonight, too. Um, but the Reds decided to option him to AAA Louisville. And uh, the quote from Nick Crawl there was, there are only so many players that are optionable right now. And I think that's the main factor. He had some flexibility. Okay. All right. So far, <laughs> so far, I, there's a few things I don't agree with in that... Uh, in that there. Yeah, you know, uh, there. Okay, here's the same day. Quote, we felt the guys up here were playing well, so we want to keep this group together for right now and keep moving forward. The guys we've had, for the most part, have been serviceable at this level. <laughs> for the most part, serviceable. <laughs> but so, so that what better endorsement do you have to keep them together? What, what else could you do? Oh, really, there's no other choice. Oh, and then uh, he said, uh, I don't know if I got the exact quote here, but he, he, he was talking about how there's no guarantee that Nixon Zell would be starting if he were in, in the big leagues because Tyler Naquin's playing so well. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, then he says, as relievers get tired in August, he, uh, we valued keeping an extra reliever. Extra. An extra. Nine. Nine is the number that he's keeping. Nine relievers. And uh, let's see, I've got another quote here somewhere. I'm like, maybe. Goodness. Um, nah, I can't find it, but, um, I mean, do we, do we need to go, like, I feel like we're kind of underplaying how insane those quotes were, but I, I don't feel like we need to like belabor it. Do you? Probably not. But I, the, the big thing is there are legitimate arguments and maybe even more now that uh, we've learned some things later, but legitimate arguments for why you might want to, uh, leave Nixon's L at AAA for a little while. You could make you could make arguments, you know, health related reasons. You want to get him playing every day and make sure he's one hundred percent before he gets get back. him hot before he comes up here. Yeah, whatever. And this is the nonsense. And, and then this is the nonsense. And his and his defense is that well, we got to keep this bullpen together. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't willing to cut bait on these any of these he's guys in the bullpen. It. It's like we 
we have so much, so many riches here <laughs> in the the bullpen treasure pile that there's just I can't part with any of them. I mean that's manifestly absurd. And the the, the thing about all his goofy statements is they're disproven within 24 hours in every case. <laughs> yeah, they're completely disproven. Uh, and I don't have the quote here now, but, uh, well, you know, uh, talking about Jose Barrero. Um, first of all, uh, disproven uh, about Nick Senzel. I need to say, I need to say this. Uh, he said fully healthy. He's fully healthy. And then the Reds uh, AAA manager, uh, Pat Kelly, the very next day said, uh, he's, he's not 100%. He doesn't look 100% to me. Um, and then Jose Barrera has to stay in AAA. We're wanting, wanting him to get comfortable at AAA. We want him to get comfortable down there. He's doing well, and you know we'll look at bringing him up in September. But he's, you know, we we want uh, him to get comfortable in AAA. And of course, Barrera was up the very next day. Uh, and and David Bell said the move was about having the best team we possibly can. There, there's see this is the thing. Like, why say that? You know, say hey, look. The, the 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 strongest point in his argument, the one I disagree with the most, but it's the best argument, is the we got 20 games coming up without a day off, and I know our bullpen's been struggling, but we think we're, some of these guys are going to turn it around, and we just we really want to keep nine relievers right now. You can disagree if you like, but that's what we want to do. Yeah, right. See, you just you just made more a more cogent argument though than anything we heard from Nick Crawl really. He didn't even put it that well. Right. And then you say, Sinzel, you know, he, we want him to get healthy. We want to make sure he gets a week or so swinging the bat well so that he can step right in and contribute here in the major leagues. Barrero, you know, we, we'd love him up. We're really excited about what he's doing. But the last thing we want to do is bring him up here and sit him on the bench. And, you know, right now we've got kind of a log jam in the infield. <laughs> See? <laughs> there's, there's, it's all BS. Complete. But that's all defensible. Yeah. And no one's going to, like, burn you down for it. It, it. There are only... I guess there's a third option, but I I, I want to say there's only two options here. Number one, uh, Nick Crawl is really dumb. Or number two, <laughs> Nick Crawl believes that we are all really dumb. I mean, do, do you, don't you see those are kind of the two sides of the corner? I guess the yeah, third option I, is that I mean, he's just he's, he's bad at talking. I think it's that. Yeah. I think he's just bad at talking and bad at explaining himself. Somehow doesn't think people are paying attention, maybe? <laughs> well, that, that's I, a, that's I, a, I don't know. Like, what is he? Who does he think he's talking to? Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Um, the people who would be likely to, uh, you know, take what the Reds are Nick Cross spoon feeding him, they're really not paying attention. The, the, that fan, those fans. Once they're right. paying attention, are you know us? Yeah, and that's the like the other thing I don't get about it either is like uh, it's kind of odd that like the 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 no, it's not odd. I was gonna say it's odd that the reporters just like <laughs> like transcribe these comments and just go on about their day. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not strange. Um, I presume it's probably like that everywhere. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, I can handle a GM lying to me because they've been doing it for years. 
Sure, fine. That's part of the deal, right? <laughs> exactly. Just don't act like I'm stupid. I mean, I am stupid, but don't act like it. <laughs> it's uncouth, dude. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, they they think that they they think we're we're going to believe whatever uh, whatever we're given, and it's just really it's. I, I know yeah, or just of, don't go talk, or just don't go talk to the press. <laughs> yeah, is there some hey, requirement? Uh, why isn't Sinzel up here? Ah, uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to talk about that. They won't even put that in the paper. You know what I mean? Like that's not even a problem to say that. Right. Yeah. There's no obligation. Those guys aren't going to beat you up if you give that. Like, yeah. Sorry, we're not going to talk about it. Well, that, that's exactly right. Nobody's going to be attacking you. Uh, so, so, so let's. Yeah. Go ahead. You no. want to play the week out after. He said those things. What happened? Uh, did something happen? Well, Nixon Zell isn't isn't just working away down there to be the best AAA player he can be. And you know, I mean, like all the stuff he said changed it in a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I guess we can talk about it. just uh, just today. Nixon Zell had his option reversed. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. He was optioned to AAA. He was, First of all, that was one thing, is that they immediately said he wasn't healthy. Well, Carl said he was healthy, and then everybody else said he wasn't fully healthy. And so they optioned him, and he had three, so he has three days to report. Um, but they, they they took him off his rehab assignment like three or four days early. They didn't have to do it at that time. It's like they, they picked a fight three or four days before they had to. I don't know if you if you realize that, but he still had like three days, I think three days yeah, left. I know, I know. On his rehab assignment. So they said, well, let's just go ahead and... Let's go ahead and bring him back. Uh, he's healthy. Let's go ahead and bring him back, and but we're going to option him to AAA. Um, well, you know, three days pass, and he didn't report to, uh, or he, I don't, I guess he'd reported, but he was not in the lineup on day four uh, in uh, uh, Louisville. And so questions, I guess, were being asked, and oh, well, turns out, <laughs> turns out he, uh, his option was reversed. He was uh, seen by multiple doctors, finally, and had fluid on his surgically repaired left knee. So they reversed the option. He's back on the big league uh, injured list. Uh, Jonathan India, RBI double. And uh, he's going to go to Arizona to rehab. Um, and here's the quote from everyone's favorite, uh, you know, uh, clown, I guess. I don't know. He deemed himself health. He deemed himself healthy for five days prior to coming back, as GM Nick Crawl said. At the end of the end of the time, he was not healthy. He, <laughs> he was trying it's to like, it's like that meme, like narr- like the Arrested Development narrator. He was not healthy, <laughs> right? Ron Howard. <laughs> he was trying to push through it and didn't want to say anything. We had him see the doctor, and he had fluid on the knee. Now, next uh, next quote from Crawl, and and this is there's a lot to unpack here. Um, a lot of passive aggressiveness from Crawl. Um, our goal is to get him healthy, not push through this. Um, so, uh, so what's your what's your take on on this thing? Uh, he's back on the injured list. But he's very the, the organization is very frustrated. It's pretty Nixon's out. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's very evident now that that uh, they're completely frustrated with him. I how do I get into this topic without being well, one hypocritical and also just kind of sounded like a jerk. But there was some video going around the other day of Sinzel like legging out a triple at, at Louisville. Yeah. He looks different than I remember him. Are you suggesting he was on the Mike Moustakas uh, diet plan and on his rehab assignment? Uh, 
Yeah, well, that's fair, and that's another guy we should probably talk about too. But yeah, he looked he looked um, husky, <sighs> as I believe the jeans <laughs> said. I, I wish I wish I could still wear husky jeans like I did for the first twenty years <laughs> yeah, of my life. Yeah. No, uh, but, yeah. yeah, but but now the the clip you're talking about though, he he looked like he was running fine. Yes, yeah, he ran. Yes, as uh, Tommy Lee Jones said in Cobb, he, <laughs> he 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 ran well for a fat man. <laughs> Sorry, I just like that line. Yeah, that's a good line, and he is not, and and Nixon Zell is not fat, but he he he's he, not Ruthian. He's not. He, but he does look different. You know, and I don't know. You know, maybe just maybe he's muscled up. Maybe he's been in the maybe he's been in the uh, in the weight room. I don't know. But uh, so so you're right. The team appears to be extremely uh, frustrated with him, and, and those crawl comments were. Well, here's the one that gets me, and I, here's the one that I think we need to unpack. He deemed himself healthy for five days prior to coming <laughs> back. This is a billion dollar corporation. They were just taking his word on it. He had a, he had surgery on that knee, and they're just kind of taking his word on it about it. I mean, is 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 that the way you read that? And that they had no doctor. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, but I mean, like, I, I, I'm sympathetic to the Reds on this one because if the guy's like, you know, the doctor, I'm sure there's a doctor involved, and he's like, hey, Nick, how's your knee? It's great. I mean, what's he gonna do? Like, hit him with a hammer and see if it really hurts? I mean. <laughs> to me, like that's on the player. If he says he's ready, and I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe maybe you put him back for another MRI, but I'm kind of want the guy to be on the field. So if he says he's ready to go and he runs around pretty good, I, I got a lot of questions about <sighs> about yeah. Nick Sinzel's health, Nick Sinzel's recovery, Nick Sinzel's rehabilitation, the Reds' relationship with all that. I just like, and I'm not, like, these are legitimate just questions I have, you know? Yeah. And we're, like, we'll, we'll never get those answers, but yeah. I mean, I'm right. And it's not, I guess it's not my business, like, in a strict standpoint, but like, this is the same guy who was out for a month on the COVID list last year. And like, was he badly sick? I mean, we don't know any of that, but we never got any indication that, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Like, he's, he just like cursed with like slow recovery. He's like the anti Wolverine or something. <laughs> you never want to be the anti Wolverine. Oh man. Um, yeah, I don't listen. I'm. Everyone knows I've been the biggest uh, Nixon Zell shill uh, that you can find. Um, because I, you know, I still truly believe in his talent, but you know, I mean, we've never had him healthy uh, at the big league level, and. And there's something going on here, and and someone made a suggestion. I wish I could remember who it was uh, that I saw. Um, ooh, Castellanos RBI single, Reds up six one. Um, am I violating uh, the uh, what's the what's the uh, the the disclaimer you always hear? On, oh yeah, descriptions and accounts. <laughs> descriptions. Borderline there providing unauthorized descriptions and accounts of a baseball game. That's right. Um, someone made the suggestion that got me thinking a little bit. Um, Let's say the Reds had uh, brought him off it, since off his rehab assignment. Uh, it might have been Carlos uh, Guevara who said this, uh, I think, actually, on, on Twitter, uh, who's a pretty good follow. Um, if they had brought him back, instead of optioning him to Triple F, they brought him to the big leagues, that he's probably in the lineup tonight. You think that his none I, of this uh, 
flew it. So you, so you think, or or Carlos thinks, or is implying that the resurgence of symptoms is related to the frustration at being down. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know that, but maybe he really is still hurt. I think he probably is still hurt. I think that's that's I'm about 100 percent on that. Um, but he decided I'm not going to rush back if I'm not going to be playing. If I'm at Triple A, yeah. I mean, if I'm coming back to the big leagues, I want to be back in the big leagues. You know, if I'm not, if I'm going to be in Louisville, you know, let's. What's the point here? You know, of, of trying to push through it, quote unquote. You know, he 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 wants to be back on the field, and 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 I saw some quotes that he gave uh, to one of the beat writers uh, earlier this summer. You know, about how, you know, I want to. He wanted to push through it before, and then they're like, "Well, we just we we just couldn't." So I, I don't know. I, I, he said, "Because I'm always hurt, and I want to be on the field." Basically, was the uh, the quote. So it, that's another thing we don't know. We'll never have answers to it, but that kind of makes sense a little bit. That you know, I, yeah, I'll play if I'm in the yeah. big leagues, but if I'm not, I'm still hurt. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if I'm if it's uh, I don't want to turn this into roast Nixon Zell night, but the and this is all again within his rights. And appropriate, but when he was, for some reason, optioned in the middle of his rehab assignment, which only meant he was going to continue to play for the Louisville Bats. Right. I think it, I think it affected how much he got paid for each game, but whatever. And, and, <laughs> now I understand why they optioned him in the middle of his rehab assignment. You do? Well, if if he if that takes him from major league injured list money. It's casting only saving a few bucks of cash. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But anyway, he elected when you're demoted to the major leagues from the major leagues to the minors, you have 72 hours to report to your assignment. And this is often used for folks who have to travel from one place to another. <laughs> right. He was already in Louisville. And he was already in the clubhouse, but he elected to take Sunday off. And, you know, exercise his rights under the collective bargaining agreement, which, again, it's his rights. But I think the organization may have felt frustrated that he, he did that, uh, especially when he said he was healthy. Right. Ready to go. Yeah. 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 I think that those are we're really trying to read between the lines here, but I think that's pr- probably reasonable. I mean, the flip side, again, I'm. I'm going to sound like I'm trying to defend uh, Senzel. Uh, the Reds have screwed him around uh, his entire career. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, I, don't, I, have a, I have some sympathy for him. And the other thing is, I think that if he is really hurt, you know, genuinely hurt, and again, there's no reason to believe that he's not. Evidently, they said that several doctors looked at him in the last uh, few days. Um, so he's hurt. Um, I can't, it's going to sound like a defense of Senzel, but I th- I'm not sure that I would, I mean, I might, report sooner or whatever or make this decision sooner but you know number one I'm, I'm rushing back to try to help my teammates in the big leagues i'm still hurt if i'm not, if i'm not gonna be in the big leagues you know let's get better until i can be in the big leagues and second yeah, let's go back on the injured list and uh, collect that big league money <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's all fair i think it's a very good point I, i'm i'm i'll buy that i mean again i, I you're right about the reds hosing him over from day one and we said at the time that it's probably going to leave a mark yeah and, and at this point we don't know if he's ever going to have a, a real career um i hope he does but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not going to be here 
that whole service time uh, savings is really not panning out to matter, is it? Isn't that funny? I mean, it's not funny. It's, it's the, the opposite of funny, but that's what we said at the time. God, there's so many things that have to go right for, you know, he has to become a star and they, you know, later on you're going to need that extra year. Good grief. Yeah, that's just, it's, was it worth it? That's my question. Oh, Nixon Zell. Um, back to Jose Barrero quickly. Unless you have something else to say about Sinzel. I, I just, I no, I'm, that's enough. I, I don't know. I don't like doing this, but yeah, you know where we are. <laughs> this is a guy they counted. I mean, this was a guy that they counted on this season. This was a guy who was the, you know, I think if you'd asked us in March, are the Reds going to be on pace to win 90 games? Well, Nick Sinzel is going to have to be, you know, OPSing 850 yeah. for that to happen. This might be a good time for you and I to uh, address uh, kind of the elephant in the room in some ways. The expectation that we were going to get something out of Sinzel was a big part of the reason why we thought, well, this, this offense could be better this year. And, and the Reds have gotten that production, but they got it from Jonathan India. Yeah, I, I owned up on Twitter a couple of nights ago because I, I was could not have been more wrong about that dude. I was low man on him going into this season. And he just hits and hits and hits, and he plays a good second base. And you can, it's so clear that they, that, you know, I, I don't like to overstate this stuff, but the team does seem to feed off his energy. Yeah. I agree. I mean, there really that. is something to that. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I, I'm not recalling uh, our conversation preseason uh, correctly, but I thought the tenor of it was mostly that, well, he might be. What these rumors are saying, but I've not seen anything yet to show it, and so you're just gonna have to prove it to me. Yeah, and that was me, but that was me being like trying not to be in the position that I'm in right now. <laughs> oh, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. That was me. That was me saying that was my way of saying I don't think this guy's, I don't think this guy's gonna do it, but I don't have any like I don't have a strong case for that yet, so I'll keep my powder dry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, we're in August now, and I'm 100 percent convinced. He's he's the real deal. I mean, he's probably not probably he's going to be a, one of the top three at least uh, rookie of the year uh, in the rookie of the year voting, and he's going to be the Reds' second baseman for for quite some time, I imagine. Um, yeah, and it's and it's the it's the it's the power that's surprising. Yeah, I mean he you know he was a uh, he's probably got well sixty five points or something on his slugging from from AAA or sorry from whatever that was two years because it was it was double a mostly two years ago but uh yeah I, I don't know where the the power really showed and that's that's the thing i mean he's not like he's you know i don't know who brett boone <laughs> but <laughs> he's, he's no brett you know, boone. he's slugging 466 i mean the on base is better than it had than he was in the minors but he was a high obp guy like a, a decent obp guy but throwing that power on top is really what what makes him, uh, you know, really valuable? Yeah, and that th that was that was my thought was that well we've just not seen we've not seen this Jonathan India since he became a pro. This this version of Jonathan India, and this, this is the real this is who he is now. And there's something in that year uh, at the ketchup factory out there, um, the alternate site. Um, well, I, I I I assume it was that that dark ritual where he stole Eugenio Suarez's talents. <laughs> yes. And do you think he's keeping it in his hair? He can't cut his hair. 
Maybe that's it. Maybe Suarez needs to grow out some flow. Get that silver silver hair back. Um, well, you, we, we kind of touched on uh, Moustakas earlier, so now's a good time to... That's never a good time to talk about Suarez and Moustakas. You oh can't play either God. of these guys, can you? No, and I, I mean, I'm optimistic. So, okay, was... Did Moustakas' uniform always fit like that? Again, I don't like these conversations necessarily. <laughs> I've got a mirror in my house. I shouldn't be talking about any of this, but... <laughs> right. I, I mean... You're he not a professional not athlete. Look like he's in professional athlete shape, and he didn't look like he was. You know, he wasn't uh, Usain Bolt or whoever's the the greatest athlete you can think of before. You know, last year when he first arrived, but he we need to do a picture comparison. Maybe um, he does not look like, and and he's also kind of you know dragging around. I don't know. He's just he's not moving well. Doesn't he's seem like a, to me a bum heel. Is that the the idea? I mean, that's what he that, that was the problem, and it, I'm not sure it's it's healed. But they so should they should have tried to option him. Well, they should have like let him stay on the. This is the thing, you know. They got all wound up right about oh well we're not going to make trades because we got these guys coming and you know yeah uh, well Mustakas what an acquisition that'll be when he comes back well you know he's he's I was my, the analogy I was thinking of earlier was Bill Doran from 1990 when the Reds traded for him and like nine games later he got hurt good trade and it was like yeah what well the thing was bill doran hit like 480 in those nine games yeah moustakas went three for four in his first game back and has gone oh for what 27 now i don't know if you got a hit tonight you hadn't yeah. earlier let's see here. I, got, two. I got the box score in front of me oh for two he does have a walk i mean yeah the the Oh let man! Me, let me give you the. We have four, we have two positions on the left side of the infield. Those two positions, by the way, uh, Chris, are shortstop and third base. Sometimes. So, ah, twenty twenty one baseball, not always. Um, I'm going to give you four guys to fill those two positions, and I want you to tell me who the most productive uh, two players would be and where you'd have them uh, playing. Here are your four guys: Mike Mustakas, Eugenio Suarez. Kyle Farmer and Jose Barrero. If you're making out the lineup, who's on the left side of your infield? Uh, right now, I mean, I, I think it's most nights it's Kyle Farmer's playing third base yeah. and Barrero's at short. It's true. I, you can't fool around with a guy who's one for twenty-seven, <laughs> and, and 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 or a guy who's hit what one eighty over the last like three seasons put together. Yes, Suarez put together. At this point, Suarez, until unless something changes, he is what he is. Over the last two seasons, that's 171 games now, 700 plate appearances. This is not a small sample size anymore. 182 average, 276 on base. Yes, he has 38 home runs, uh, and that and that's good. But he's bless his heart. I love him. I love him. He's killing us. How do we get to the point where Kyle Farmer is the team's best option at third base? Of course, he's playing short, but. I don't know. I mean, y you know, it's it it's a it's a, a real head scratcher. But the, the, if they are serious about wanting to compete, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess I can go both ways. Right. If you say if they're, if they're serious about wanting to win this division, play the best players you've got. But. If you're serious about winning the division, are you 
really going to have Kyle Farmer and Jose Barrero starting the playoffs. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing. I mean, you know what I mean? Don't you have to get at least one of those two guys going? I, I think so. You know, I mean, I, listen, I believe in Barrero. I really do think Barrero needs to be the starting shortstop uh, for the Reds right now. But you know, he, he's killed the ball at Double A and Triple A. He was not good. He was by far the worst player on the team last year, uh, offensively. Uh, he's yeah. What's he shown us? Um, I think you 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 kind of that's where I was the other day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talk about that. Well, I mean, he's got what? He's got. He played forty games in the major leagues last year and was absolutely the worst player in the league. Yeah, offensively, he's not that guy. But that that's the sample we had last year. Right, and so this year he's got forty games at AAA and forty games at AA. I think right in the neighborhood where yeah. he was great, but Kyle Farmer right now is playing pretty good, playing pretty well. So there's no team in professional sports that is going to take a, a established veteran who's popular. Who's, doing what he's been asked to do and is hitting pretty well and playing it fine in the field and bench him for a guy who hit a dollar thirty nine, right, one ninety four, with a with one walk out of sixty eight plate appearances last year. Who was completely overmatched when they saw him there before. They're not gonna put the one guy on the bench and just throw the guy out there six days a week to play shortstop. Yeah, um I am 100% convinced, 100% that Jose Barrero is better than Kyle Farmer, the 31-year-old Kyle Farmer, who people, for some reason, think at age 31 has all of a sudden become a superstar. I mean, it's amazing how much people people love him now, um, which is fine. Hey, listen, he's uh, he hasn't been better this year than I ever expected, and... Um, that's a big part of the reason why the Reds are doing well. Uh, the last six weeks, he's been genuinely good. His defense all season long has been better than I, th- I thought it would be. Um, but uh, that, that's kind of the point I made, which is that if, if I'm David Bell, do I bring Jose Barrero up, start him at shortstop on day one and every game thereafter? Not a chance. Not in a pennant race. Not in a pennant race. And also, you've got a, a clubhouse of guys there who've seen Kyle Farmer working his butt off playing a pretty good uh, defensive shortstop and hitting some over the last six weeks. You you just, you can't do that. You got to ease him in. You got to, you know, I just, um, that's not going to happen, even though that's what people were calling for. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, here's the thing, though. If you have your current third baseman who are four for their last 51 <laughs> with 20 strikeouts... Oh my gosh! Maybe you do have an opportunity to say we're going to let Barrero play a little bit more. We're going to move Kyle over to third. Yeah, and but we'll, we'll let Mike rest and rest that heel. Do you see any major league manager though sitting Eugenio Suarez and Mike Moustakas? Both I think Moustakas has been an All Star, but both uh, distinguished players in the big leagues getting paid a lot of money. Sitting both those guys. I mean, money's got to be a part of this, right? And reputation, even if even if they're not performing. Yeah, but I mean, here's here's what you hope for if you're David Bell. 
that Barrero hits like yeah. four home runs in a week. Force the comment. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, hey, well, you know, we're going to ride this. And he's, you know, that everyone's excited and all this kind of stuff. And, and you just like, that's what you got to hope for. And if he doesn't, then what's the difference? And you go back and play the crappy veteran. Right. He, uh, I think uh, <laughs> Barrero got as many walks in his first game uh, as he got in his entire uh, major league stint last year. Um, I think in his first at bat, he got a walk, actually. And he had, I think, one or two uh, last season. I don't have it in front of me. Um, well, I, I guess since we're eating crow is not really the right uh, term on this, I still believe uh, that Kyle Farmer has no business being the starter on the Cincinnati Reds. I'm sorry. I know everybody loves Kyle Farmer now. He has no business being a starter. But I, I not every day, not an everyday starter, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, he's I'm, he's got to fill in around the. I'll, I'll, I, I'd be content with Kyle Farmer starting five days a week, at different positions, just move him around. Yeah. Yep. And and we've all kind of, uh, you know, Kyle Farmer's numbers before this season in the big leagues were really bad, <laughs> like. Through his 20s? <laughs> yeah, through his... Right, right. <laughs> his big league career in his 20s, uh, through his 20s, were just not good. Uh, but, you know, I got curious uh, a few weeks ago, because, you know, he, when he was in the in the minors, he was with the Dodgers organization, so we, we weren't following him. And so I went to take a look at Kyle Farmer's numbers in the uh, in the minors, and uh, I put out kind of a little bit of a cryptic uh, a tweet about this. And... Uh, and fooled pretty much everyone uh, with it. Uh, <laughs> Did you? Yo, yes. Everyone thought I was talking about oh. uh, Nick Senzel. Oh gosh, I, I knew the I knew the game as soon as I saw the tweet. But good for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't believe. I had someone guessing. Uh, I said no, not Nick Senzel. And so he says, "Oh well, was it Max Schrock?" Like, no. And then he says, "Okay, Jeff I know." <laughs> he said, "It must be Jonathan India then, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's, the, here's the tweet. What if the Reds had a middle infield player who put up a 294 batting average, 347 on base, 440 uh, slugging slash line in 500 plus minor league games? And let's say that same player hit 301, 340, 445 at a big time college, parentheses, SEC, before he was drafted. Is that a guy that could help the big league team? And I, I, I sent that out the same day that all the Nixon Zell drama when they option him to triple a was going and let me, let me just say nick senzel helps the reds more than you know the dearly departed uh heath Hembry or you know whoever else is the there's there's no argument nick cross tells he doesn't he didn't help the team and there's no argument uh but 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 those are kyle farmer's numbers which are perfectly uh perfectly cromulent right i mean it's a guy that can hit a little bit. He's not going to hit that well necessarily in the majors, but it's a guy that you can play a little more than maybe I, maybe I had originally yeah. thought. I, I when I saw like I was the same way. I hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to his minor league numbers. I'm like, I don't know. He kind of got. Did he kind of get boned by the Dodgers? Should they have brought him up or? Well, like, if it's a weird thing because they had him as a catcher, which is the weirdest thing of all of it. Yeah, that's the that's the craziest thing. Um, and I, I think that maybe that's something that kind of misdirected us a little bit. Um, he's the backup catcher, you know. Um, but if you look at his big, we we, we talked about it, all of his awful big league stats before this year. And let me just tell you, before this year, his big league stats they're not great this year for everybody that's trying to pretend they are. But before this year, they're awful. Seventy-one OPS plus over four seasons in the big leagues. But he had twenty plate appearances one year. 
77 plate appearances another year. His most he played was 197 plate appearances in 2019 with the Reds. 70 plate appearances in 2020 with the Reds. Uh, this is the first time in his big league career he has had an opportunity to play something close to full-time. And he's everybody that thinks he's a superstar, he's still not great. His OPS Plus is 85. Okay? But he might... I'm, I'm gonna. I'm willing to reassess uh, my my priors here. He might be a guy that you can can play a few days a week, and he's not gonna kill you because he can play a little bit of defense. Well, yeah, but let's not forget he turned he turned 31 a couple of days ago. Yeah, but if we're talking about a guy that's you're you know um, Th- this year. Oh right, maybe yeah. Next year, uh, yeah, right. I'm not signing him to a four year deal here. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, people, you know, this is the the trap that people come into. They're like, well. You know, the Reds fans saw Kyle Farmer be promoted for the ma- to the major leagues in 2019. So, in their mind, Kyle Farmer was probably 23 when that happened. In fact, he was 28. Right. Seems like a rookie. We never, I never so, heard of him. Right, right. Yeah, you know, so he's like, what? Like, uh, he's probably older than, uh, older than Winker? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, four years older than Winker. Older than three years older than Jeff Hoffman, <laughs> the immortal Jeff Hoffman, who the Reds could not bear the thought of losing. Two years older than Eugenio Suarez. Wow, wow. Well, so Suarez can turn it around like the Farmer did, then, right? In his thirties, I I think Suarez that that shoulder injury it it must have been so much more significant than any of us realized. How's he still playing? If it's, I mean. Is he permanently injured? I think he's just, yeah, I think that's probably it. Something either strength or range of motion or quickness or something has been lost there in his, his swing. I'm going to, I'm going to make a comment here that you will understand and a a tiny fraction of our audience will understand, but I'll let you explain it. Do you think, you know, he, he dove into that swimming pool. That's when he hurt his shoulder. Do you think that diving in right after him was Ray King? Cardinals reliever Ray King. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so that's a, a, a very too soon reference to yeah. Ray King, um, portly Cardinal reliever Ray King, covering. I, I assume it was a pass ball or a wild pitch, and and uh, Austin Kearns came in to score. So uh, stupidly dove in head first into the plate, and Ray King lost his balance and landed on Austin Kearns and. Probably did permanent damage to his shoulder that ended Austin Kearns as a top baseball player. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Kearns' numbers before and after, he was right on the trajectory everyone thought. He was he was he was star bound. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm 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 thinking. Suarez never should have invited Ray King to that pool party. Yeah, oh, Ray King was a brave at the time, by the way. I uh, oh, was he? Yeah. I've got I, it in my head. I, he was a Cardinal I, for a long time. but Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, Kyle Farmer, you know, um, he has no business being the starting shortstop on the Reds. I, I, I've not changed my opinion on that. If he's the starting shortstop on opening day of 2020 uh, and a healthy Jose Barrero is not the shortstop, then that is a ridiculous, ridiculous decision. But, uh, but he's... I will concede he's better than he might be better than I thought he was, marginally. 
I'm just not going to, I'm not going to get too much ground on this. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So the Reds called up Jose Barrero a day after Nick Carl said, nah, he just needs to get more comfortable down there. He needs to be the best AAA <laughs> player he can be. Uh, but they called him up uh, because Jesse Winker was uh, placed on the injured list. And uh, now it seems like Jesse Winker may, actually, we need to start calling him all-star outfielder Jesse Winker every time we refer to him. But uh looks like he's going to be out maybe until, certainly until September. And so that's not, uh, that's not a great thing. Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. Um, The Reds... All right, you had a, you had finally. I've been waiting all these years. I don't know how long you've been on the on the twitters, but you finally had a good tweet this week. Thank you. So the Reds called up Tony Santion uh, to pitch in the bullpen, and they finally designated for assignment Heath Hembry. Best of luck to you, Heath Hembry, going forward. You, re- I, I truly believe you tried as hard as you could for the Reds. I have wish you no ill will. Uh, your tweet was this: your indirect reminder that the Reds demoted an effective pitcher. Santion, so as to keep Heath Hembry for three additional weeks. <laughs> they could have had Santion here for the last three weeks. Totally could have. And then <clears> and they chose I mean, Hembry. This is the thing, like I it's just a weird thing. It's like they didn't they really, really didn't want to lose Heath Hembry, but like it's just, just weird, like um I don't know, there's some kind of like psychological like logic flaw. I don't know which one it is, but like they didn't think Heath Henry was good. You know what I mean? Like, I, and they also knew that they probably had four guys at AAA who were, had it just as good a chance of being any good as Heath Henry does on for the next three weeks. Sure. But like they didn't want to lose something, even though it was something they didn't really want and wasn't useful. It's, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like a hoarder. That's what they are. They're hoarders. <laughs> they are hoarders. Yeah. You know, I could understand it a little bit. I may, may not agree with it, but I could understand it if it's a guy like Amir Garrett who's been with the Reds for a few years. And you just really don't, you know, he's he's got a, he's got a history with the human beings that are in this organization. Hembry was a guy they grabbed off the scrap heap because they needed more pitchers. And he had some good moments. He had a lot of bad moments. Uh, ultimately, he was he was not good. Frankly, uh, his final uh, numbers ended up at a 6.38 ERA, and the Reds gave him 45 ga- games of a 6.38 ERA. But I, I can't understand the organizational willingness to just punt those games. They're not punting, but to take a chance to hope Heath Embry is better than he's been for his whole career. When you know you got guys at AAA who at least have a chance of being better. I keep saying it. This team is run like the worst 11U travel baseball team I've ever seen in my life. The Reds sent Heath Hembry out to the mound 19 different times when his, the ERA that was on the scoreboard was over 5. <laughs> 19 times the guy had an ERA over 5, and they put him out there again. And often in, in high leverage situations, we have to concede. Yeah, I mean, his ERA was above five for a full month. And then he he worked and pitched real well and got it down for about three weeks. And then it went right back up there. And they finally, they let him run out for two more weeks. This circles us back to Nick Crawl. Because I have been, I don't don't know what your position has been, but I have been hesitant 
throughout this season to criticize Kroll too much because his hands have been tied from the beginning by ridiculous ownership. Castellini's just not willing to spend money. But something like this, this is evidence. Go ahead. No, that's it. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is this is a, a decision that... We're not talking big money decisions here. Uh, we're talking about baseball decision. What's best for the Reds team? And it, it has been clear to everyone on earth that having Tony Santheon... Not that I think Santheon's going to be the second coming of Araldus Chapman, but I think it's been clear to everyone in, on earth uh, with, a, with a functioning brain that Santheon gives you a better shot than Heath Hembree out of the bullpen. And yet the Reds made the decision that Hembree gave them a better shot to win. And at this point, i got to tell you, I think Nick Crawl is probably, we talked about him being bad at talking. I think he's probably, he's a nice guy, I've met him, but he's probably in over his head. Is that unfair? I don't think so. I mean, the the yeah, I mean, these are like, these are kind of easy decisions. Yes, that's the thing. Like, there's just no possible world where you're like, yeah, I think the plan will be to give 45 games to Heath Hembry. <laughs> he gave up tw- runs in 20 of those 45 games. And again, as a reliever, it's hard to give up or, to give up runs on your own. Right, yeah. Because usually you're just giving up somebody else's base runners. Those are, I mean, I guess somebody could have left, you know, his, his buddies could have could have uh, hosed him over too but anyway like it's like when Kevin Gregg was on the Reds remember how bad <laughs> Kevin Gregg was and how like long it felt like Kevin Gregg was was killing the Reds he pitched 11 games that year 10 innings right they cut bait quick and that was a bad Reds team oh yeah this is I think there's an, there's evidence here that uh the current, where have you gone, Dick Williams? A lonely eye, a lonely nation turns its, or how's that, how's that go? A nation turns its lonely eyes to you. Um, yeah. Um, so the Reds just won. They just beat the, uh, the, the Miami Marlins. They are now 66 and 57. And uh, Tony Santion pitched a scoreless ninth inning, struck out two of three hitters. Just That's good. Apropos of nothing. So anyway, um, hey. Sean Doolittle did not pitch. Sean Doolittle did not pitch. I just, I don't, uh, I think we have some evidence now that it's not just Castellini tying Kroll's hands. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Uh, quickly here, um, we're going to, we're running out of time to do viewer mail, so we're not going to get all the viewer mail questions. I'm just go ahead and say that now, but cause we have to talk at least uh, briefly anyway, because the, the conversation of the week has largely centered around Joey Votto, who hit a, another home run tonight, his 27th, a three-run bomb that gave the Reds the lead they would not surrender. He got his 2,000th hit this week, uh, and then he got his 2,001st hit in the same inning. And he is just a, uh, a superstar and a lot of uh, commentary this week, a lot of words spilled over uh, his Hall of Fame case, and it's pretty clear now he is clearly a Hall of Famer, I think. But uh, are, oh, Joey Votto, talk. Joey Votto's really great, and it's just the most fun I think I've had um, Reds-related in a long, long time is watching his his resurgence as a hitter and his 
Um, <laughs> always interesting interviews and press conferences. Yeah, yeah. He he's a just a gem. Oh, Joey Votto. We're going to miss him when he's gone. Everyone's not going to miss him. I've had some guy in my comments on Twitter all week in my mentions. Some boomer. Um, bless his heart. I should not have retweeted him and uh, brought everyone down on him. But he hasn't stopped. He, he Tonight, he's still he's still talking. He thinks it's, Joey Votto's the worst player ever. Um, here's a stat that I saw today. Joey Votto is one of 152 players in the history of baseball to get 2,000 hits. Um, so 152 out of all the players that ever played baseball, that's, that's pretty good. Is it Hall of Fame? Well, yes, given all his other stuff, but not necessarily. He's one of 12 players of those 152. Uh, tw- well, no, actually, he's one of only 12 players, period, to reach 1,264 walks. This is what they call selective endpoints. So, you know, that type of, they chose this number. But 12 players ever have gotten, he has 1,264. Let's see, did he get a walk tonight? Uh, he did not get a walk tonight, so he's still there. Um, only 11 other guys have had that many walks. Only six players in history have gotten 2,000 hits and 1,264 walks. So let me run through the uh, the other five other than Joey Votto. You may have heard of these guys. Lou Gehrig, Ricky Henderson, Frank Thomas, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams. Are those Hall of Famers? Yep. <laughs> there we go. Hall of Famer. Oh, Joey. All right, let's uh, let's see if we can again apologize. Chris and I had too much fun talking about all the Nick Crawl nonsense this week and everything else. So we're not gonna get to all these viewer mail questions. Let's pick a few of them if we can. Um, no, not that one. Go to the next one. Okay, we'll go to the next one. Um, no, let's go to the next one. Here we go. Nathan Connor asks, and again, these questions come from our friends at Patreon.com/slash Redleg Radio. Chris, these are actual letters. From actual viewers, Nathan Connor's question is this: In the eyes of Crawl and Castellini, not the fans in the media, has David Bell already done enough to return as manager next season? I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. Uh, Bell does not have a contract for next year yet, nor does his staff, as far as we know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think probably so. I think he's done um, the bullpen. I. I don't tend to blame managers for bullpens that stink, but uh, probably I don't think he's the greatest manager ever. But I don't think he's uh, bad, and he's got some good performances out of a lot of guys. Yeah, I think he's the most mediocre manager I ever remember the Reds having. I don't hate him; he's not awful. He's just—he's also not good. He's just—he's acceptable. Maybe that's all you need as a major league manager. I don't know because a lot of them are bad. Um. Seth Shaner, I'm not answering yours because you talked about how old I am. Uh, here's one from Rich Thompson that I think is interesting. That we I meant to get to earlier and we didn't get to it. Uh, Rich Thompson asks, Dear Shad and Chris, more than ever, I'm perplexed by management's handling of Nick Senzel and Jose Barrero. With Senzel and his rehab assignment, management had him taking reps in center field and at shortstop to apparently get him ready for multiple options to aid the team when he's healthy. Yeah, Senzel was playing shortstop in AAA. Um then, once he was deemed healthy, he's kept in AAA for the Reds. Apparently, they feel a better options to play out in the infield. With Barrero, apparently the best defensive option to play shortstop, and I think that's true. He's All the all the scouts say he's incredible defensively, Barrero. <clears throat> Whether he can hit right now, I don't know. He didn't last year. But anyway, since his call, he's seen limited playing time, and I've recently read that the Reds now see him as a possible candidate to play center field and or third base. Well, uh, 
they did say he can play third base. Uh, I think David Bell said that when he came up. And he was taking, uh, Jose Barrero was taking some uh, reps in center field uh, before uh, at least one or two games and never has played center field ever. So anyway, Rich says, needless to say, I'm confused, guessing that, guessing that both Senzel and Barrero are even more confused. What do you think the Reds plan for both of these players in the short term and long term? Now, we'll get to that question. What do you think about the, is the Reds' plans for both of these players in the short term or long term? But my question is this. How can a billion-dollar Major League Baseball team just have uh, Nick Senzel playing shortstop all of a sudden? Oh, yeah, let's try him there. They had him They had him all spring training. <laughs> this is the thing I do. Because I, I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty pro. Um, Flexibility. guys around. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not one of these guys like, oh, you can't move him around. I mean, we've seen enough from major leaguers that these guys can play multiple positions and have no problem with it. But why does it always have to be like the last minute when they think of this stuff? Yeah. Again, that's on, that's on man. That's on crawl. Uh, for, I mean, the buck stops with him. You're right. I don't have any problem with Jose Barrero getting reps in center field. You know what? Let him play a third of his games in triple a or in double a in center field. See if he can do it. Let Nixon Zell play some shortstop in, in spring training when you had him in spring training. Instead, they well, wait till the last yeah. minute and say, oh, well, let's let's give that a shot. It's I, I keep coming back to it. They are run like the worst 11U travel baseball team I've ever seen. Oh, we'll try, we'll try Johnny at shortstop. Why not? Well, I will say, it, it there with Barrero in particular, I don't know why you take a guy who can play shortstop well and theoretically can hit well and put him in center field because when you don't have a shortstop this isn't barry larkin and kurt stillwell <laughs> it's kyle <laughs> farmer and like suarez's ghost playing shortstop this year yeah yeah there's there's no chance jose barrero plays anywhere but shortstop for the rest of his career with the reds because he's actually good defensively you're right it's well we gotta try him out there so we can figure out a way to get him in the lineup but again if that's the case why haven't you already been doing that? It's just, this team is the most, they've got to be, we don't follow other organizations like we follow this one, but they have to be the most poorly run organization. I think they're as poorly run as I've ever seen them, frankly, uh, this year. Um, and that's saying something. There's no plan whatsoever. It's just, it's brutal. It's just brutal. Oh, crap. That's the title <laughs> of this one. <laughs> Is that, is that it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think the title might just be Bad at Talking. Because that applies to Nick Crawl and us. Bad at Talking. Um, here, how about this one? Michael Henry with Wade Miley's 5.7 B-War, that's baseball reference wins above replacement, which is the second most in the National League by pitcher, putting him just a step behind Zach Wheeler. Do you think it's possible that we have another true National League Cy Young candidate after losing Bauer last year? We're not going to talk about Trevor Bauer, by the way. If, Thank you. Yeah, no, we're ignoring that. If so, what are the chances that the Reds take on Rookie of the Year, India, National League Cy Young, Miley, and Comeback Player of the Year, Votto? Now, What's wrong with MVP, Votto? Yeah, really? Come on. Come on, man. He's definitely going to come back Player of the Year. No, there, there's zero chances that Wade Miley wins the Cy Young Award. Zero. zero. I agree. Although, I will say, you know, I was uh, my piece at the, at, at the magazine this week, was about I was kind of dreaming of the the wild card game and who you're going to start, and so I was kind of looking at the case for all of them, and and I was surprised that Wade Miley literally was second uh, in uh, wins above replacement by Baseball Reference of any pitcher in the National League. Now, 
baseball reference wins of a replacement for pitchers is probably mostly garbage. <laughs> Not a good way, I don't think. Even though I cited it in my column, but that tells you all you need to know about whether you should read my column or not. Uh, he's ten and four with a two point eight four ERA. He's he's good. He pitches well, and he he pitches well. Like he's. Uh, I mean, I I know he's had a bad start, but I can't remember it. He, I've tried to claim credit before the season. I was like, you all, everybody hated Wade Miley before the season because he was bad in how many games last year? You know, uh, very few, very few games before he was while he was injured. And I was like, hey, this guy's going to be a, one of the best four or five starters, number four, number five starters in the league. He's going to be, he's going to be good. <laughs> We're talking Cy Young now, but he is, he, he really, I love watching him pitch. He's, uh, he's Tom Brownie. He's quick. Dude, I love dude, he, he got, he got blown up in Denver, three innings, eight runs. He had a bad start a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, but even that was five innings, five hits, five runs. He just, you know, yeah. He just sequenced some stuff bad, and then you know had a, a five inning start where he gave up four runs and five hits against the Indians. But other than that, I mean, he hasn't given up more than he, he had. He's only given up more than four, three runs, four times. He's the stereotypical crafty lefty, right? Yeah, the crafty left hand, like we always talk about, Chris Welsh. And he has some kind of knack for getting the offense to score an inordinate amount of runs when he plays. Yeah, how does he do that? I don't know. They've scored over 10 runs, what, six, seven times when he pitches? I can only assume that uh, Suarez and Mustakas were not in the lineup in any of those games. <laughs> he, we would have put them in on Miley nights, and that way he can get them going too. Um, so the question, this is not a, a viewer mail question, but my question for you is, I think I, I think the answer is pretty clear here. Um after the season, his contract expires. He does have a $10 million team option. The Reds have an option of bringing him back for $10 million, or they can buy him out for $1 million. Um, so what do you do? Thirty-five. Do year, I, he'll be 35 next year. What do I do, or what do the Cincinnati Reds do? I want to hear both those answers. I would exercise that option. I wouldn't That's even think twice about for, it. For a, a above-average starting pitcher, which is what I would expect him to be next year. Yeah, if he's just average, if he's just an average starting pitcher, ten million dollars is cheap in today's economy. Um, what will the Reds do? They will buy out the option, probably. You think? I think so. This shouldn't even be a question. You got to bring him back. Oh my gosh, they're going to say, "Well, Vladimir Gutierrez was good as a rookie, and he was." And we got Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. So that, that's going to be their explanation for why they don't bring Wade Miley back. Oh, my gosh. No, they're bringing Wade Miley back. Why do you do this to me, Chris? Good word. Um, oh, let's see. What what else we got? We got we to gotta find another good uh, question or, or two here before we, before we get out. Um, Rob Chapman asks, I'm convinced the Reds can and will overtake the Padres if there's no barrier due to the time of last start. Who pitches the one-game playoff against Scherzer? That's the wild-card game. And then who's your four-man rotation for potential longer playoff? I, I only mention that because that was my column this week. I chose Luis Castillo for the wild-card game if the Reds make it. What, hmm. what do you say? Probably Lodolo. <laughs> you, you, always, you always zig when I expect you to zag. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know. That's a good question. Um... I can see you didn't Probably, read my column. It's whoever's whoever's hot, man. It's either it's either Sunny Gray or, or Castillo, whoever's pitching good that the week before. 
I think there's a good case for Tyler Malley because you're on the road and he's been incredible on the road. We've already talked about Miley. Well, has he been incredible on the road or has he just been bad at home? Oh, he's been incredible on the road. And you're going to make me pull up my own column now. Um, I hate to do that because I looked up all those numbers. He's been. See, I, I would read that, but I don't. I, it's Cincinnati Magazine and I live in Columbus. <laughs> you, you know, you can get it uh, digitally online I, I it's i'm not allowed to read it oh you only read the, oh, no, i don't read the new yorker <laughs> just it's columbus magazine columbus monthly columbus monthly okay there we go um let's see here uh wade molly good here we go tyler molly 13 games away from great american ballpark so you, you asked the question has he just been bad at great american or has he actually been good on the road on the road tyler molly 13 starts record of seven and one 1.86 ERA. Yes. Pretty good. He's That's been, very good. He's been dazzling on the road. So, uh, so you're going with Vladimir Gutierrez in the uh, in the <laughs> with uh, uh, what was the guy Edgar Garcia? <laughs> Edgar Garcia. Oh, rest in peace, Edgar Garcia. Um, yeah, the the Reds have some good options. The four-man rotation is, I mean, that, I don't think there's even a question about that. I mean, you know, it's, I guess we're talking about the order maybe, but Castillo, Malley, Miley, and Gray have been great. And, you know, what you get Vladimir Gutierrez, who has been, what a year he, that guy's had. Uh, you got him out of the bullpen. Maybe he can get some of those uh, those coveted uh, Sean Doolittle innings. The uh, the, the Brad Brock innings. Don't get me started. Brad Brock's injured. <laughs> yeah, oh, he'll be back. And Tony Santiago get, go right back to Louisville. Yeah, we know to get Brock back. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, here we go. Will Alderman, if the 2021 Reds played the 2010 Reds in a seven-game series, who would win and who would be the series MVP? 2021 Reds versus 2010 Reds. Uh, who would be the MVP? It's obvious. It's going to be Joey Votto either way. He's going to have so many hits playing on twice. Right. Who would win that? Uh, who's better, 2010 Reds or 2021 Reds? Mm. It's the 2010 Reds. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's like if that's enough time to have one of those like, you know, Babe Ruth couldn't play in the league anymore conversations. But I think 2010 was a better team. I think so. They're a more complete team anyway. Uh, Mike Perry yeah. asks, "What should the Reds do about third base and center field this off season?" Well, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, you got to put Jose Barrero in center field. <laughs> Nick Senzel at third base. Tyler, Tucker Barnhart at third. Yeah. Tucker Barnhart at third. Yeah, there you go. I can handle that. Let, let, let me just point out real quick on the 2010 that uh, second base is one position where the Reds are unquestionably better in 2021 than they were in 2010. Oh, I can't believe you're, you're not, you're not going to say that. You Jonathan India is better than Brandon Phillips? Brandon Phillips had a 102 OPS plus that year. Which is fine. And India's is one eighteen. Wow. He's better in batting average, better in on base, better in slugging by like thirty points in each category. Centerfield would be one if the Reds had a center fielder. Because Drew Stubbs yeah. two thousand ten, he wasn't great, right? No, and neither was was uh, Johnny Gomes as much as everyone loved to hype him up. I got a great Johnny Gomes bubblehead. A team wasn't. I mean, that was basically Roland Votto and Bruce carrying that offense, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Hannigan was on base a lot. Yeah, Hannigan was. Yeah. That was a fun team, though. Yep. 
You know, I, I, I saw a, uh, you, you've heard of the TikToks. Love it. Yeah. I don't love it, but I, every once in a while, I, once or twice, uh, or every one or two weeks, I say, oh, I need you'll to record, go. You'll, and you'll go record one. <laughs> I do, yeah. No, I go say, oh, I need to, I haven't looked at that app in a while, so I'll, I'll plug it in. Uh, is that how you do, is that how the social media works? You plug it in? Plug it in, and then six <laughs> hours later. <laughs> so I looked at it uh, yesterday, I think it was, and some guy was at a, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. He was at, because, you know, they that algorithm, they send you, so I got a lot of baseball stuff on there, obviously. And uh, some guy was at a uh, at a baseball game, a Major League Baseball game. And he was with Johnny Gomes. And Johnny Gomes was holding up his, uh, I guess if you play 10 years in the big leagues, you get this, like, lifetime pass. Oh, is he, they get a gold pass or whatever they it call was that? A, I it, never... Yeah, it was a gold, it literally was a gold pass. You can get into any big league baseball game. I've heard about these, and I always assumed... Um, that like the player, the former players never had to use it. Well, like they just would like, you know, call ahead and they'd get in through the press box or the, the player's gate or something. But Johnny Gomes, actually, he, he held up his gold pass and it said lifetime pass, whatever he was, he was showing it. And then they like moved the camera to the field and they were like in the second row from the top. <laughs> <laughs> It was fantastic. Just the worst seats ever. And the guy was mocking Johnny Gomes for the fact he couldn't get him better seats. Johnny Gomes. I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, Hooper Powell. Everyone complains about Gino and his contract. Do you see Moose and his contract being a handcuff to cheat Bob? Everybody, every, hand, every player that is not playing for free is being paid too much for Bob Castellini. I think that's probably true. All right, last question here. Um, sorry to those of you who couldn't get to, but I've got to go to this one, uh, Chris. This is from Joe Farsing. Favorite Homer Simpson quote. Joe says, for me, it's, quote, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> and that's actually the Homer Simpson quote that I probably use more than more than any. Um I looked up a couple of good ones. I'll let you think for just a second, and then we'll we'll wrap this thing yep, up. Yep. Uh, how about this one? Oh yeah, what are you gonna do? Release the dogs, or the bees, or the dogs with bees in their mouths? And when they bark, they shoot bees at you. That's a good one. Kids, just That's because a good one. <laughs> kids, just because I don't care doesn't mean I'm not listening. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that guy who single-handedly built the rocket and flew to the moon. What was that guy's name? Apollo Creed? If God didn't want, if God didn't want to, didn't want me to eat chicken in church, then he would have made gluttony a sin. <laughs> you got any? Uh, uh, I've got like, some more. Uh, I, I like um, stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Flanders. I like that one, and uh, I, I the, the one that he says uh, the Flintstones taught us anything. It's that pelicans can be used to t- to mix cement. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, what about this one? Yeah. Oh, I have three kids and no money. Why can't I have no kids and three money? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's so many. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. Uh, English? Who needs that? I'm never going to England. I believe that children are our future. Unless we stop them now. 
Oh my goodness. So any, any more before I go with my final one? Go, you go ahead. <laughs> if I could say a few words, I would be a better public speaker. There you go. <laughs> there well you done. Go. Great question. <laughs> that is a very good question, Joe. Oh, Chris, final thoughts. Go Reds. Yeah, that's always your final thoughts, and I guess that's all that there is to say. Uh, whatever, you know. Um, better when they go. It's better when they go. Just whatever. I'm not going to say all the other nonsense because we've gone too long. Uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I appreciate it, I guess, for Chris Garber and uh, Nick Kroll, who is bad at talking. Hang in there, Nick. <laughs> Hang in there. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.